Cube Radio. You are listening to the Car Guide Podcast with Louis-Philippe Dubé and Gabriel Gélina. Good day, everyone, and welcome to the eighth episode of uh, the Car Guide Podcast. I'm LP, and with my co-host, Gab, is here. We are in the uh, dead of winter, uh, but still have a lot of things to cover uh, from the automotive industry here. Uh, today, we're going to talk about Gab, who's uh, just back from a trip uh, in California to discover the new uh, Mazda CX-90 SUV. We're also going to talk about the uh, Nissan GTR coming back from tw uh, to 2024 without much Uh, improvements, without many improvements, but still a very, very important model to talk about and uh, the fact that it's still around in the R35 generation. Also, we're going to talk about the who can buy cheap cars in 2023 because we know everything has been um, a little bit more expensive lately and there's still obviously uh, people wanting to buy smaller and more affordable cars. We're going to talk about those uh, new prices for 2023 and uh Also, the uh, vehicles, very special vehicles that we've been driving in the last months. Yeah. And those very special vehicles are much more expensive than the cheap, affordable <laughs> cars that we're going to talk about. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> they are, they're, they're, there's a bit of a contrast exactly. in the middle of this show. You'll know exactly what we're talking about when we get there. Uh, so how was California? California is great. Always great to be there in the, in the wintertime. Um, it was a chosen location, uh, Los Angeles, California for the reveal of Mazda's new three-row SUV, yep. uh, the CX-90. Now, this is an all-new platform that uh, Mazda has designed for their large vehicles, their upcoming large vehicles. Mm -hmm. So, as I mentioned, it's a three-row SUV. It's got a wider footprint, bigger footprint, I should say, than the uh, existing CX-9. And it's also way more upscale than than the CX-9 in oh, terms is it? of look. Yeah, way more premium. And, and the CX-9 was already, you know, pretty yeah, good looking. Yeah, especially in the signature trim. Yep. But this one takes it to a whole new level. Okay. You know, we're, we're talking... We're talking German luxury kind of level of refinement okay. in terms of the interior design and uh, the exterior design as well. Um, and also, m perhaps more important, you know, there's a, they've developed a new inline six-cylinder engine. Right. And of course, both of these CX-90s, because there are two models that are coming, uh, are electrified. Mm -hmm. So the inline six uh, gets an electric motor between the... Uh, internal combustion engine yeah. and the new eight-speed gearbox, finally. Oh, wow. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, so, out with the, six, the old six-speed. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, the eight-speed was already, uh, the first car that they used that is the CX-60, which is only sold in Europe. Right. So that was the first application for the eight-speed gearbox, but that's coming now to uh, the CX-90. So, uh, electric motor sandwich between the engine and the gearbox. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's a mild hybrid. They call it the M-Hybrid Boost. Uh, in terms of uh, power, we're looking at, um, we're actually looking at uh, 340 horsepower total and 369 pounds-feet of torque, which is pretty significant. Mm -hmm. um, 
So this obviously, you know, if the conditions are, are right, uh, when the vehicle is moving at a very slow speed, the uh, electric uh, motor can power the car. So the car can be completely silent as you, you know, take off or leave your house in the morning. To a certain For, speed. Exactly, right. to a certain speed, provided that there's <clears throat> enough energy. Um, but they also now have the uh, a plug-in hybrid version of the CX-90. Right. And that is the, um, I should mention also the, the, the six in, N-Line 6 is 3.3 liters and turbocharged. That's important. But uh, the, other, the other engine is a 2.5 liter turbocharged four-cylinder, but it is mounted uh, north-south and not east-west. So the same kind of configuration as okay. the N-Line 6. So it's a direct line. Yep. And... That is also mated to the um, the uh, electric motor between the, the engine and the gearbox, and it's the electric motor is now fed by a lithium-ion battery, 17.8 kilowatts uh, kilowatt hours. Um, so, and of course this uh, this this power plant was developed jointly with uh, with uh, Toyota and Panasonic. Okay. And uh, so now we're talking about 322 horsepower, just a little bit less horsepower, but the same torque rating as the inline six, oh, 369 uh, pounds-feet. Yeah, that's, that's pretty significant. Yeah. Um, and also, you know, again, eight-speed gearbox. And of course, both of these vehicles have all-wheel drive and the all-wheel drive is tuned to be more rear biased or rear focused, if you will. Yeah, in, Ma in Mazda exactly. philosophy. <laughs> Typical Mazda <laughs> philosophy. What's interesting also, um, this is something that they weren't really willing to share, but I was able to coax it out of uh, the program uh, engineer for the CX-90. Yeah. Towing capacity. <laughs> oh, Towing capacity, 5,000 pounds for both models, so for both engines. Wow. So that's pretty significant, I think. In terms of um, the, the plug-in hybrid power plant, our colleague Antoine Joubert went to uh, Europe last year yes. to drive the CX-60, uh, which has the same drivetrain. And he was able to do like 56 kilometers uh, purely on uh, electric drive. Mm -hmm. And then when he uh, went into hybrid mode, you know, he was, he, he really thought that the, the torque was very very significant you know and, uh, good pickup on 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 uh, on the drivetrain as it's supposed to be exactly the hybrid and but also he was able to regenerate 18 kilometers of range in a 70 kilometer run so it goes to show that you know mazda has been very serious about you know this whole regenerative braking yeah. and you know harvesting that kinetic energy to re feed the battery again so that, of course i think it's going to be a significant uh, significant factor now we didn't get to drive it it was just a reveal but yeah they they you know they've went on and on how about you know this new platform is very very stiff very rigid and that they want to keep that same you know driving dynamics level of driving dynamics that is typical of mazda products you know that mm -hmm. fun to drive factors is is uh, apparently going to be uh, uh, very much a, a thing, even even though it's a large vehicle. Um, alloy wheels, you can spec 21 inches mm -hmm. wheels. New colors have a new uh, artisan red color. It's like almost like a deep. Oh burgundy. yes, I saw it. Yeah, yeah deep burgundy. It's beautiful. Very beautiful. So in terms of styling, you know, it's very. Um, 
uh, there's a lot of you know soft curves on the vehicle. It's it's really it's really you know long hood in the front to emphasize the inline six engine or the longitudinal mm. placement of the engine. It looks more square in the front. The the, yeah. the, the whole front end looks yeah, more it looks square more than square, the CX nine. As you get from the uh, A pillar onwards, it's it's very smooth looking. Um, massive massive c pillar that connects the cabin to the greenhouse you know the, the yep. to the body so it, it really looks uh, it really looks quite good actually it looks better when you see it uh in the metal as we say as opposed yeah. to a photo <laughs> <laughs> but it, it looks really good but once you get inside that's you know it, it like i said the level of, of refinement in there the the materials that they've used uh, also there's some uh very the design is very much inspired by japanese uh, design and japanese uh, techniques yes. of uh, craftsmanship all, all these like, words that we always forget about yeah, yeah. In the presentations <laughs> but uh, we all know they need something and they uh, yeah. they, they really depend on those yeah there's a, 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 even on the dashboard you know it's uh, there's a fabric and there's a weaving technique that they've used with uh, hanging stitches and in japanese it's called Kumi Himo. And so, <laughs> That's what I was talking about. Yeah, exactly. So there you go. So um, so the presentation was probably very long. Well, very you know, <laughs> a little bit, but uh, uh, I mean, the car, the, the vehicle looks really good. I mean, it really yeah. looks like a true premium offering. And we have no word yet on price. Uh, yep. They haven't spec the, the price yet, but you can, ex you know, the current CX-9 goes, the base model, I think is 42,000, a little bit over that. Mm -hmm. And the signature model, you can get up to like 54,000. Gotcha. So with this one, I <clears> think that they're going to be, a, it's going to be, you know, the base model, so to speak, is going to be higher than the CX-9. Yep. And, and they're going to do with this the same thing that they did with the CX-5 and the CX-50. You know, the CX-50 is just, you know, the bracket has been moved up yep. a little bit. So vis-a-vis -vis the CX-9, the CX-90 will be, I think, priced accordingly. Right. Maybe a bit higher. Of course, they're going to have signature versions also mm -hmm. of the CX-90. So that's, that's going to be a more expensive proposition. But the bottom line here is that, you know, I think significant performance from the, the new power plant, eight-speed gearbox, yep. that's... That's major. Oh, they had to. Yeah, they I had mean, to. It was But also the design. The design is just absolutely fabulous. So I'm, yeah. really, I'm really looking forward to uh, to driving it. Hopefully, we'll be able to drive it later this spring. It will be coming to the market this spring, 2023, as a 2024 model. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what, what I, I find interesting that they went with a six-cylinder, the in inline yeah. six-cylinder. Yeah. It's every you know the CX-9 was always a high-powered. They always had a high-powered four-cylinder, 2.5-liter engine with turbocharged, and it was always more torque than everybody. And then you would, you know, you could use either high-octane fuel and have that 320 foot-pounds of torque. And then, you know, like regular fuel, you'd still get plenty of torque, more than, than the average rival in, in, in the segments that they were competing in. And now this inline six, you know, what, what did they say anything about why well, they, they, listen, they would go you know, for that? It's, it's like you and I know the smoothest running engine in the world is an inline six right. because everything is balanced. You don't need counter-rotating balance mm -hmm. shafts and things like that, which mm -hmm. you sometimes require in a V6 engine or another type of engine right. to smooth things out. But this is, you know, uh, this is something that BMW is known for ages, yes. you know, the inline six and Mercedes-Benz, you know, they ditched the V6 engine and replaced it with an inline mm -hmm. six. So, mm -hmm. you know, they finally saw the light as well. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. So, 
Yeah, like I said, you know, inline six, the, the very, very smooth engine, uh, in this case, 3.3 liter turbocharged. You know, we knew that they were coming up. Yeah, there were all these rumors developing a six cylinder engine, inline six for the large car platform. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a vision six concept shown in Tokyo many years back. And that was the, that was the whole point already. They were talking about this, this new, large vehicle architecture and right. inline six engine. So so this is now the first application. Right. You know, the CX-90 will be the first application of this large car, uh, this large platform and that inline six engine. But, you know, as can be expected, they might be able to do some other vehicles from the same platform. Yeah. And already I think we can start to talk about the CX-70. Mm-hmm. Because that, Which is also coming towards yeah, us. Yeah, it's also coming later, uh, later in 2023. That will be the same size of as the CX-90, probably the same engines, but a different styling. So more sporty in nature as opposed okay. to premium for the CX-90. So right away, you can start thinking about, you know, a slanted... Yeah, uh, that's what I was going to say. Slanted roof <laughs> towards the back. The slanted roof that you love. <laughs> that, that, that coupe profile <laughs> and things like that. Yes. And also, you know, some design elements that would... Uh, you know, um, make the car appear more sporty, more dynamic and things like that. So right. maybe even, you know, different suspension tuning or, you know, uh, wheels and tires packages or whatever. Yes. But that's further down the road. Then we'll have a chance to talk about that when when they start releasing information on CX-70. Of course. Because right now we know that it's in the pipeline, but they're not talking about it just yet. And the CX-70 is also going to get that PHEV, uh, exactly. PHEV yeah, power, yeah, sure. 2.5 liter. And per, per, yeah, I'm pretty much pretty yeah. sure they're gonna, it's going to get that. Is it going to get the N-Line 6? Maybe. Oh, who knows, right? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay. There you go. Also, uh, in the news, that's a couple of weeks ago, oh, actually a week and a half ago, uh, the uh, Nissan GTR, uh, Nissan's ultimate uh, car, uh, the R35 generation has been around since 2009. And finally, I think we've seen the most improvement to this vehicle in, in so many years. It's been, it's been uh, since it, the, 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 uh, the R35 generation started, this, there has been improvements, but it's been quite a few years since we've seen uh, uh, some improvements to the car, and it's not that much. We're talking about yeah. aero. The, the vehicle looks much different. So if you see uh, on the pictures on the website, you'll see that the front end has been uh, uh, modified as well as the rear wing is wider. Uh, there's been uh, 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 aerodynamic work to be able to lower the drag coefficient, make the car sleeker, but it's good to know that the R35 uh, generation is still alive. Who knows what's in the future? They're probably trying to keep it you know, floating until there's there's a, a, an electrified or electric, uh, uh, you know, it's something that's going to come up at Nissan that we uh, yeah, that we can expect for. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's what's going to happen. But you know, when you when you look at sports cars today, I mean, you just look at the current Nissan Z. Uh, yes, it's uh, you know it shared a lot of a lot of parts with the previous. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, they, previous call, they call it a, yeah. a, a parts bin bastard. Exactly, <laughs> piece it together. So I mean, you know, with with this uh, GTR. You know, they're just keeping the thing alive, yes. and the, you know they have the they have the plant where they make the engines by hand and things like that. Yeah. And you know, <laughs> it's but we can't expect we we shouldn't expect that a manufacturer like Nissan would go full tilt and build a whole new platform for this vehicle. The, the yeah. sales numbers just aren't there. Yes, you know, yes, it's an iconic car. Yes, it's a halo car. Uh, but you know the, the 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 sales today don't justify the kind of investment, mm-hmm. the kind of resources allocation. Whether it's you know 
the engineer's time or the, you right know, you know getting suppliers to, to to come up with new new parts or whatever to build a whole new car and know, they have buyers that will yeah. they'll, they'll, they'll do a small production and they'll they'll yeah. sell all of them you know? yeah so, so sports cars yeah i think that's the that's the way it's going to go now you know they sell in such limited volumes now that uh, uh, when they design one it, they're going it's going to last for a long time as long as they can still you know yeah build it with a gasoline engine they'll keep on doing it and once that goes out <laughs> the window that's it that's another ball game <laughs> yeah, um good. speaking of gas engine uh, obviously you mentioned the uh, twin turbocharged 3.8 liter v6 it's still there still with the same power output 565 horsepower and 467 foot-pounds of torque. Uh, the uh, GTR Nismo is rated, still rated at 600 horsepower and 481 foot-pounds of torque. However, this GTR Nismo gets a limited slip a differential in the front. That's uh, probably the mechanical, the biggest mechanical enhancement on uh, the uh, Nissan GTR, who's coming back, which is coming back for 2024. Uh, one other thing I wanted to talk about is that every beginning of the year we have on the car guy, we have all these top tens, uh, that we, uh, the, the, the best vehicle, uh, of 2023, the best, the best, uh, SUV, best compact SUVs. Um, there's still, even though all, most of the small cars are moving or being axed from manufacturer's catalog and replaced by more, a little bit more expensive, sometimes much more expensive SUV counterparts. There are still small, affordable cars you can buy in 2023. Affordable is relatively a big word because there's, there's been quite a shift in the industry, uh, uh, on that, on that side of things. Um, we learned that the uh, Toyota Corolla is uh, the uh, uh, outranked the Civic in Canada uh, for the first time in 2022 as the best-selling car. Uh, that's a couple that's, of that's that's major, major, that's significant. It is significant. For years, the Civic has been number one in Canada, and there have been some years where uh, there are some other competitors like the Nis- the Hyundai Elantra. Yeah, Hyundai Elantra, came, I remember, came yep. very very close one year. Yeah, and I remember speaking to somebody at Honda, and he was telling me that. Nobody at Honda wants to be fingered as the guy who dropped the ball and lost the number one best-selling <laughs> car yeah. in Canada title yes. to a competitor. You know, yeah. so everybody was like pushing hard, you know, mm-hmm. to 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 make sure that Civic would still be number one. And right. he told me, you know, if you want to buy a Civic. Go in December. <laughs> because, <Yes>. you know, <laughs> they want to put they want to put another one on the board and make sure that it remains the best selling car right. in Canada. Even though there was heavy competition from the Elantra and a big push by the Koreans to to, to get that, they never succeeded. Oh yeah. And now Corolla, you know. So yeah. Corolla, uh, I guess that counts all the variants, though. It's not only the sedan, but you're talking about the Corolla Cross. You're talking yes. about, you know, the 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 the, the all the other variants that that have come down the pike. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, the the uh, the the Honda. Civic. I mean, a few things happened lately. You know, yeah. the, the new design. Yeah. Not everybody likes it. That's true. Turbocharged engine that was known for problems. They, it, it, it was settled, but you know that the last generation would have problems with it. See, uh, the, the transmissions as well, and the fact that it's now a thirty thousand dollar car. You exactly. won't pay anything less than thirty thousand yeah. dollars for a Civic, where we used to pay fifteen or seventeen thousand dollars for a long time, and now now well it goes with the time, obviously. But yeah, but I mean, Honda's being 
egregious, quite frankly, you know, with their pricing. Right. When you look at what a Civic costs, when you look at what a HRV or a CRV costs today, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's no longer a value proposition. You can't say that. Yeah. Yes, it might be a good car. Yes, you might, you know, it might be reliable. Yes. But it's way more expensive than just about anything else in that yes. segment. You know? Yeah, definitely. So... Uh, we're we're going to go over that top ten because there's a few interesting uh, interesting things in there. The Subaru Impreza uh, with an MSRP. Uh, Subaru Impreza uh, is getting a new model in 2024, but the 2023 model uh, has an MSRP of twenty three thousand two hundred ninety five dollars, which is still very very impressive for an all wheel drive for the, the the technology. It's not the yeah. the the, the best most fun driving it's not the most silent inside you know it's it's got it's missing little things here and there for comfort but however at 23000 you know it's 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 a good proposition for an all wheel drive car exactly you know good good value proposition strong car reliable car and all that so uh, yeah i really like the impreza um, especially the you know what they did the the last time they they updated it yeah so it'd be very interesting I'll be very interested to see what the 2024 Definitely. is going to be like but I'm I think we can expect more of the same from from Subaru you yeah know, they're going <laughs> to they're going same same but different yeah exactly <laughs> stick to the knitting <laughs> <you know? laughs> and and do a good job of it um, yeah the n- number nine on our listing is the Volkswagen Jetta we tend to forget about this car. But uh, it has a starting price of uh, $23,295. And again, you know, this is a, uh, a very big car when you yep. think about it. When yep. you look at the rear seat legroom, uh, a lot of comfort as well up front. And fun uh, to drive. Yeah, a little bit well, yeah. fun to drive. Fun to drive. Not, not as much as a GTI. As a, chi- <laughs> as a cheap car. The yeah, cheap yeah, car no, side no, no, you're right. One. But um, yeah, and if, and if you're looking at the, the, the GLI model, which is... a you know, more, more performance yes. and, and, and that, yeah, maybe a little bit better uh, driving dynamics, but still uh, the base car is uh, an attractive proposition value-wise Yeah, for that, um, for that size car, especially. Definitely. Mm. Uh, number eight is the Corolla. Obviously, we, we just uh, talked about that, the fact that it outranked the Civic in Canada as a best-selling car. Um, and uh, yeah, there's a lot of, uh, there's, It has what the Honda has, which is reliability, uh, the, the reliability uh, uh, factor that everybody likes about the Corolla. It's, been, it's always been a top seller, but now a little bit more tech, a little bit more offering, a little bit more variance, uh, and uh, uh, a good uh, value proposition at $22,690, uh, which is very good. But uh, there's nothing much more to say about the base Corolla. <laughs> yeah, <I laughs> Because so. It'll get you there, and it's reliable. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Nothing to get too excited about as yes. far as driving <laughs> is concerned. But yeah, from a value standpoint, I get you. Uh, number seven on our list is the Mazda 3. Yep. MSRP of $21,900. Um, it undercuts the Civic by nearly $5,000. That's crazy. Regards to that. So again, st- and, and of course, you know, it's one of the rare few cars you can still get with a manual gearbox yep. if you want to. Obviously, if you want the uh, automatic transmission, that's a $1,300 extra. But it deserves the manual. Yeah, well, you, know, <laughs> you and I would would say that if you're stuck in traffic, uh, morning, noon, and night, maybe right? Not, you know, maybe not. That's not your thing. But again, uh, standard content, uh, heated seats as well. You know, so that's uh, and uh, of course the unlimited 
kilometer warranty. So right. that's that's significant. So you and you also have the Mazda three sport hatchback. Just one thousand dollars more than mm-hmm. the sedan. That's my personal favorite. Right, the Mazda Sport in terms Definitely. of body. Not everybody likes it, but uh, I really, I really, really, really like the, yeah. uh, the Mazda Three Sport. Uh, number six, uh, twenty thousand at twenty thousand four hundred and forty nine dollars. The Elantra, and we we said we mentioned the Elantra earlier. It was in the race for the first position with the, for the for good reasons as well because it has a lot of, it has a lot of variants now it's a good package uh, it, it has it's been redesigned it's a much bigger car than it used to be mm. uh, so it could interest a lot of people that need uh, the rear seating space uh, but polarizing mm-hmm. I would say yeah. uh, exterior yeah. it does you know not everybody likes it if you've driven the N variant which yeah. is the Elantra N yeah. you know well that's we, a whole different that's ball a whole different ball of <laughs> hey, we're not talking about that one today but you, you know they, they've kind of done a lot of variants from that car and kind of uh, uh, I think it's maybe it helped it a little bit to push the base model car mm-hmm. the fact that it had the N badge on it and and, and you know like it, it is more of a high performance variant that pushed uh, uh, the uh, the base variant but still still a good uh, good value proposition for the Elantra and then uh, number five on our list is the Kia Forte yeah MSRP of twenty thousand three hundred ninety five dollars you know, this is a car that got updated for 2022, and the, the main thing that changed for 2023 model year is the loss of the manual transmission, yes. unfortunately, but that's just going with the flow. That's yeah. the way the industry is going. And, um, the, you know, the pricing is, is competitive. You get a lot of value. Um, you know, the, the, maybe the LX, which is the base model, you know, maybe lacking a little bit in some... Uh, some amenities, but uh, the EX at twenty two thousand oh nine five, you get the heated steering wheel, you get the uh, safety and driver assistance feature, and even wireless smartphone uh, charging. Yeah. So again, you know, at twenty two thousand compared yeah. to some of the other cars who come bare, it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's kind of kind of compelling again there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Nissan Sentra, the one we always forget about, it's <laughs> still <true>. here, <laughs> but still a very, very attractive price. Uh, uh, for the 2023 model, we don't have the pricing, but it's 20,000, about uh, roughly 20,000 uh, for the base model uh, for the 2022 uh, pricing. But I guess 2023 is not going to be that much higher. Um, it does... Uh, it does have some interesting points, uh, maybe not as refined, not as updated as the other models that we, mm. we, we just mentioned, uh, but still uh, reliable. It's got a reliable engine, and that's probably the main, sa- uh, as well as safety feature. I'd say safety features and reliability would be uh, uh, the, the factors that, uh, that, that put the Nissan Sentra uh, in terms of value at that price. Yeah, number three on our list is another Nissan, the Versa. Uh, of course, it's smaller than, uh, a little bit smaller than the Sentra. MSRP of $18,298. Um, you know, the, the pricing was revised uh, for 2023 with this model as with <laughs> many other models. But it kind of looks like a, a smaller Sentra, but it does feature, you know, some advanced uh, safety uh, technologies. And, you know, if you're going to look at the, the Versa, you should look at the Sentra because, yeah. you know, they're pretty comparable in terms of price. Yeah. Uh, but of course, you know, the, uh, the Sentra is a little bit more expensive, but considerably larger, roomier and more powerful and a little bit more comfortable. So, 
you should uh, maybe that's why the Versa is not doing so well in the yep. market because you know when people look at it and they realize that for a few bucks more a month they can get into the the larger car yes with more room maybe for the kids in the back yeah so there the clock go. is ticking yeah. for the Versa exactly <laughs> <laughs> uh, number two uh, the Kia Rio we're, we're, we're the Kia Rio uh, we're talking about you know like a very base when when we're talking about very base small cars you want to you want to buy for like a first time driver this would be one of those cars because it's at 17445 uh, uh MSRP it's it comes with uh, a whole bunch of uh, technologies heated mirrors heated seats uh, 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 a wireless apple carplay and android auto they really pack that car with a lot of a lot of stuff and you don't have to go to to hike to Different trims or different models to be able to to uh, to uh, to afford it or, or to afford this kind of equipment, which makes it uh, pretty interesting. And number one, go ahead, Gab. Yeah, number one on the list uh, <laughs> with an MSRP of fourteen thousand two hundred ninety-eight dollars is the Mitsubishi Mirage. <laughs> it's still around. It's still the, around. It, it is the yeah. cheapest car. Number one, yeah. number one, the cheapest car you can buy in Canada. Cheapest new car you can buy in Canada at the, at the moment. Yes, yeah, ever since uh, Chevrolet uh, got rid of the Spark, uh, the Mitsubishi Mirage has taken the crown of the least expensive new car in Canada. So you don't get a lot of features or amenities <laughs> with this car it's pretty basic also the engine is um not very strong we're talking about 78 horsepower when right. was the last time we had a car on the market with less than 100 horsepower i mean that's got to be the only one yeah because the, the the micra the yeah. nissan micra the that, that was uh, that left us was 100 horsepower 100 that's something it. horsepower yeah, even <laughs> the, the the echo the toyota, yeah. toyota echo yaris was all 100 horsepower yeah, that's it uh, 79 so this is you know, a sub 100 horsepower car yeah <laughs> Yeah. And uh but you know on the on the on the good side of the equation uh obviously good fuel economy, cheap insurance, easy to maintain. Uh so the ownership costs are, are low and of course, you know, the Mitsubishi's warranty which is the unbeatable, yeah. you know, in, in in the automotive business. So, if you're looking for just cheap basic A to B type transportation and you don't you don't need all the bells and whistles in your car yeah that's that would be a good choice but yeah. yeah a little bit bland and not quite not very exciting to drive but still fourteen thousand two hundred ninety yeah. dollars <laughs> today in today's dollars <laughs> exactly. that's pretty cheap yeah On to our test drive uh, part of this podcast, and today's uh, episode has two vehicles that are very different, and we've dri driven them in horribly different conditions, <laughs> and conditions that both of these vehicles are not really driven in, and that's what makes them very, those test drives very interesting. Uh, for your part, um, you were in uh, northern Quebec with a very, very, very luxurious vehicle and driving it <laughs> in, in the deep, deep snow and sand, and, and uh, everything the, uh, the snowy roads has to offer. What, what happened on your 2023 Rolls-Royce Ghost test drive? Exactly. So the car in question is the... Uh the Rolls-Royce uh, Ghost, which of course now comes standard with all-wheel drive. So that's why uh, the people at Rolls-Royce decided to do uh, 
an event which they called Ghost on Ice. Oh. And so that was the whole point about it is to go up to uh, the Laurentian Mountains in, in Quebec and drive around in a $400,000 plus V12 turbocharged. Was it the, bla the, the black badge? Yeah, we had, we had both. You we had, had the, you had the, we had the regular ghost well. and we had the black badge ghost. That's the way you should, uh, okay. you should call it. Not ghost black badge, but black badge ghost. That, gotcha. That's the way they, like the GR Corolla. Exactly. Right? <laughs> there you go. So, um, yeah. So all wheel drive, obviously, uh, large car, large car, heavy car. Um, V12, like I said, uh, so in terms of, uh, terms of power, you know, you're looking at 563, uh, 563 horsepower, 627 pounds feet of torque. Wow. You're looking at, you know, moving from, uh, zero to 100 in, you know, just under five seconds. So it's, it's really quick for such a large, large beast. And of course, you know, the all wheel drive is, um, is was sourced with uh, BMW, but tuned differently. So, obviously, for the the different handling characteristics and the dynamics of the of the Ghost, you know, of course, they're looking more in terms of uh, ride comfort. They're looking at you know quiet, you know, quietness in the cabin, yes. things like that. So, the thing about this thing is that it's got obviously it's got an automatic gearbox. You don't feel any of the shifts. I mean, you know, it's it's like smooth, it's gliding. exactly smooth as butter. Even when you've got your foot all the way down to the floor, that's the only time you can hear the engine really in the car. The rest of the time, it's like despite the fact that it's a V twelve engine, exactly. So. <laughs> it's almost like you're driving down the road and you can look, you you can hear the clock ticking, you know, right. <laughs> the analog <laughs> clock on the dashboard, almost like that. And also, what's uh, what's cool about it is the the suspension system, obviously the front suspension of, of the Ghost and the fact that it's linked to cameras that are in the car and also to the GPS system. So the car actually anticipates what the driver is going to require. And oh. so that affects the, the, the transmission. Sometimes it will, you know, keep the gear a little bit longer because it knows that you're going to be braking soon for a corner that's coming, things like that. Right. And... Um, Obviously, the uh, front suspension is called the planar suspension system. It's a very sophisticated uh, system, which makes the car, you know, really, you know, literally gives this car this magic carpet ride that uh -huh. we keep talking about. And it's true. This car is just glides over, over things. It's, it's like it's no compromise amazing. comfort. Yeah. With... On the, you know, you know how roads are in Quebec in winter. Sometimes you have these little potholes and yes. things like that. And there's a little bit of rumbling going on and, and, and things like that. With this car, there's a bit of cognitive dissonance taking place because sometimes you'll see a pothole and as you go over it, you might hear it. But you won't feel it because the because the camera sees it yeah. and it kind of but you, you don't you don't feel it. Uh, you know, it doesn't move the steering wheel or anything. And sometimes you see it, you feel it. But you don't hear it, so <laughs> there's always, <laughs> okay, there's always something missing, you know. <laughs> so um, that's what makes it uh, a little bit un uncanny. Obviously, you know they're very expensive cars, you know, like over four hundred thousand dollars. Right. Plus, there's no such thing as a base Rolls Royce anymore. All of these cars have been personalized or optioned, you know, to point to, 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 to the, the specs that the owner wants. So yes, uh, yeah, there probably are no no two Rolls Royce ghosts uh, alike anywhere on. The, on the planet, right? <laughs> you know, limited production, but also the fact that you can spec just about everything you want. 
Um, obviously, you know, huge fuel consumption. That's that's a given. Yeah, that's not even. Um, a... But like I said, you know, the, that smooth carpet ride that you feel in the in the summer, it's it's also there in in the winter, and it's mm-hmm. quite quite uncanny. Do uh, does does Rolls Royce say that more? More car, more. You know, we, we always think that Rolls Royce have been owners have been, are being driven all yeah, the time. Yeah. Do more? Do you think that more more people, what more of the, these owners drive the cars now, and and the driver thing is a, is is this, a thing of the, the past? They say with the Ghost, it's almost one hundred percent driven. Oh wow, and, that's and the owner drives his car. Yeah, especially also now with the with the all wheel drive because you know before maybe they would you know use the car during the summer days or whatever, and then they would put it away for the winter, but right. Now, yeah, you wouldn't do any serious off-roading with it, but nevertheless, you know, if there's a snowy road on the way up to the the chalet, it's not a problem. You know, right. The car can take it, the car can handle it. And just because it's winter doesn't mean that you have to give up on luxury. That's the way they sell this car. And like I said, you know, 99 point something of the uh, owners of this car uh, drive it. Yeah. And also, but don't forget, you know, typical Rolls-Royce owner also has... Six or seven other yeah, cars in the garage. Bentleys and, yeah. and yeah. yeah. So they have that. So there's a bit of that. Uh, and of course, you know, if they're going out on the town, maybe they'll have somebody chauffeur them around because, you know, it's easier that way. But uh, just that, you know, most of the, the ghost owners uh, drive themselves, even some phantom owners also now. That's drive, interesting. Drive their, their cars themselves. Okay. Yeah. Um, for my part, I uh, went uh, to Morocco uh, with the Porsche to drive the uh, Porsche 2023 Porsche 911 Dakar. Now, uh, the Dakar... Did you get stuck? I, I didn't. <laughs> I did not because, and I'll tell you why a little bit later, there's there's a trick to not getting stuck. And it's... Uh, I, I wouldn't say the same for some of the people I was traveling yeah, with. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I uh, heard about some yeah, of our, yeah. one of our colleagues from yes. the Globe and Mail, <laughs> Mr. Richardson. Wink, wink. Yes, uh, yes. Apparently beached himself quite well. Yes, and it gave me the opportunity to do my stand-up video in front of the vehicle <laughs> and all sorts of things because we, we had it. We had had, uh, just to explain, we they, they kind of parachuted us in the middle of the desert in Morocco, and it was a horde of uh, 9-11 Dakars waiting for us. Uh, the 9-11 Dakar is, uh, as you may know, if you've read on the website or anywhere else, uh, where the uh, it kind of it kind of reminisces the uh, the Paris Dakar winner in, ni- in the nineteen eighties. Which is a very, very special car at the time because it was very light compared to all the heavy off-road vehicles that were participating in, in, in that race. And um, that's the key, uh, one of the key parts of the vehicle now. It's it's based on uh, the 911 GTS. And uh, however, uh, a whole bunch of, of, of suspension parts, yeah, uh, yeah. characteristics have been added. But it uses the same engine. Uh, it's a three-liter, six-cylinder flat uh, tur- twin-turbo uh, unit with uh, 473 foot-pounds of uh, uh, horsepower and 420 foot-pounds of torque. So you have plenty of power, uh, Porsche power. Uh, it has uh, some cooling bits from the turbo to be able to handle a little bit more heat in the desert. Obviously, um, <clears throat> this vehicle is made for that. Will it be brought in the desert or off-road from the owners? We'll talk about that a little bit later, but uh, Porsche wanted to make sure that we did. And but what about like ride height and suspension components? Because that, that's got to be, and obviously wheels and tires. Yeah. If you're going to do that kind of driving on sand, so the, all of that has to be upgraded and adapted. Yeah, the 911 Dakar has a 30 millimeter uh, suspension uh, um, uh, lift over the GTS and 
up to 50 millimeters additional depending on the driving mode you're using. So oh, yeah, there's okay. two other drive modes. So to, a, a total of 80 millimeter more than a 911 uh, GTS, wow, which so is high. pretty goddamn high, you yeah, know? exactly. And the two modes, you know, you, you get in the car, the, 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 it's it's typical 911, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like layout, luxury, comfort, uh, driving position, all the same. But you see, when you twist it, the drive selector mode, it, you see rally and off-road. Wow. And which is, makes it, makes it a lot different than all the 911s you, you and I, yeah. you know, have driven. Obviously, it, it uh, affects throttle control. Yes. And, and the engine transmission, transmission and, everything. And, and everything. And the all-wheel drive system. And, um, yeah. yeah. And, and what's, what's interesting with a Dakar is that all these bits and pieces should, it, it, uh, you know, even the wheels, the heavier wheels, yeah. the Pirelli all-terrain tires. Yeah. Uh, if you see the pictures on the website, the, on, on my review, you'll see how these tires don't seem to belong on a 911, <laughs> but but they magically do on this car. And it should add a lot of weight, you know, yeah. and obviously... Uh, unsprung weight to boot. Unsprung yeah. weight to yeah. boot with yeah. the wheels and tires. But at Porsche, I think with a non-compromising uh, mentality saying it, you, you, uh, a 911, a heavy 911 is out of the question, right? Yeah, you exactly. can't do that. Mm. So they replaced uh, the uh, the the uh, the front bonnet with uh, the GT3 RS front bonnet, okay, wow. which is the uh, a plastic yeah, unit yeah. reinforced with carbon fiber. Yeah. The seats, the same uh, plastic uh, reinforced with, with with carbon fiber, just adjustable in one way, but still you know very uh, uh, supportive, very very light units. Uh, rear seating is gone, um, yeah, uh, re- <laughs> replaced with a roll cage. So yeah. you know that's 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 a bit of a trade off, a little bit heavier. All in all, the vehicle is only ten kilos more than the 911 GTS. That's amazing. Well, that's amazing yeah, with, yeah. With, with with that type of hardware, all the yeah. gear that's on it. Uh, it does have a twelve volt volt uh, plug on the roof for for uh, LED light bars. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it has all kinds of of little you know off road bits. But what makes it really really interesting is the attack angles. Um, and yeah, that, because you know that's that's significant if you're going to go up uh, up a dune or down on the other side and things like that. So. Yeah, because you know, like we were the first days we were driving it, uh, it was uh, you know the hardest thing for me to get used to was the like the thunk and buds yeah. of like the bang <laughs> of, of all the rocks going into the wheel wells yeah, and, and, yeah. and the hitting the, the, yeah. the undercarriage yeah. which is protected by yeah, stainless yeah. steel plates but but still you're taking it's a $250,000 car you know and, and, and <laughs> you know like you're just you're just very very stressed but we've learned you know over the course of two days that the vehicle is kind of made for that and and you know the, the I was talking about the angles earlier it's the, the approach angle of six. 16.1 degrees and breakover angles of 19 degrees, which makes it similar to a Macan or a Cayenne. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. you know so you're not going to go rock climbing, forget no, about it. Not, but, but going off road is possible. And the last part of the, the, the drive was obviously uh, in the dunes, where yeah. where driving this vehicle was a totally different ball game than driving the Land Cruisers that was that were there to rescue us if we got <laughs> us into the sink of shame, you know, trying to, which I didn't, but someone else did. And Mr. Richardson, Mr. we're talking about you. <laughs> Regards <laughs> from from both of us. <laughs> and uh, I'm not the one who told you that. You, you read about it. <laughs> um, so the trick and. and and I'm going to end with that. The, the trick of driving in the sand has some similarities with driving in very deep snow. And it's not exactly the same dynamics, not the same weight of material. It's not the same. Uh, the, 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 the tires don't get saturated the same way. However, one must always keep the car busy. That's it. 
you know, keep it moving, keep the momentum, floor it if you have to, if you're going up or down, never stay on top of a hill without the the throttle on and keep the (laughs) steering steering going because that's how you're digging out, digging out of the sand. And we were going a hundred, a hundred something, 150 kilometers, you know, an hour in the, in the, in the the sand and going up and down and up and down. And you can see on, uh, you know, in the video that I did on the, on the car guide, you'll see that I'm always trying to look over the steering wheel because (laughs) (laughs) seats aren't adjustable by height, but also trying to figure out what's on the under the the side. If if there's a camel or a rock or something, you, know? you, you needed a booster, is what you're uh, saying. Yeah, a booster seat for Louis. <laughs> anyway, all in all, very, very interesting car. Limited production, 2,500 units, probably all sold. Um, and uh, starting price of $247,000. Uh, uh, and then add on all the options that you want. Unfortunately, these cars are probably going to end up under weather control in weather control bubbles, and people are going to keep them. Uh, maybe a small, small percentage are going to are going to end up, you know, in the trails with, with crazy owners well, taking full advantage. You know, I know somebody who ordered one, and he plans on driving it. Oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's such so. good news. You're, ma- you're making my day. You're making my day. That's great. I'm I'm, I'm so glad to hear that. So on to um, uh, the next uh, part of, uh, the, uh, for the next episode, I, actually, uh, the preview, next thing we're going to talk about on episode nine is the Toronto Auto Show. Toronto Auto Show has had a little bit more uh, manufacturers uh, sign up for it. And we're going to go, we're going to go see what they have in store for us, uh, namely Hyundai, Hyundai's uh, uh, unveiling on Canadian soil, some of the, the concepts uh, it unveiled in Los Angeles. And also, uh, the, what we expect to be the, f- the, uh, the end version of the Ionic 6, which is the code name RN22E, uh, that Hyundai's planning to unveil for real because we obviously only saw uh, some pictures. Uh, from now so stay tuned in a, a couple of weeks from now um, yeah. yeah and speaking of uh, Korean cars uh, yes. over the next couple of uh, weeks I'm going oh, to head out right. over yes. to uh, to Seoul South Korea and I'm going to drive the Kia EV9 yeah. so the large uh, all electric uh, SUV from Kia so hopefully by the time uh, we meet again I'll be able to report back on that and uh, give you all the details on this uh, driving experience uh, in in Korea of uh, Kia's all-new EV9. Thanks everyone for uh, listening and uh, stay tuned for the next episode of uh, the Car Guide podcast and in the meantime you can follow us on the Car Guide web uh, for all the news and pictures and to read about uh, and watch all the reviews and everything that we talked about today. Take care and so long. Thank you for listening to the Car Guide podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review if you'd like. Visit us at carguideweb.com for daily updates and news on everything auto, as well as weekly reviews and drives. You can also follow us on Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram at The Official Car Guide.